Hi, y'all. How are we doing? This is your host, Rob Napoli. If you're a podcast junkie like me and you're looking for a new podcast to add to your feed, you might want to check out the Success Fundamentals podcast with my guys, Brian Goldstack and Chris Sykes, where they drop weekly episodes that cover all things success and growth. You can find the Success Fundamentals podcast on whatever platforms you enjoy listening to this podcast, The Bare Necessities. Hey, y'all, how we doing? Shout out once again to Bear Nation for tuning in to another episode of the Bear Necessities podcast. I am your host, Rob Napoli. The Bear Necessities is a podcast where we sit down with entrepreneurs, ecosystem partners, and innovation folks to talk about what it takes and means to launch, create, and scale business across the world. We talk about the journey and the challenges of being entrepreneur-minded and how that translates into your journey giving you the tools and knowledge to overcome challenges that you may be facing in your life's journey. The Bare Necessities is part of the Rise Up Media family. We thank you for tuning in. Now, let's get into the show. How are we doing, Bare Nation? This is your host, Rob Napoli, and we are back again for another episode of the Bare Necessities podcast. Today, I have my guy with me. Um, I'm really excited to chat with Neil uh, Neil Bradley, who is the founder of Food Safe Systems. I've known Neil, I think, what now, since 2020, so it's going on two years when he joined the Start Accelerator yeah. program, um, the uh, offline, the, the online version uh, during yeah. the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my yeah. listeners know Starta well. We've had uh, we had Gabe and, and Anastasia on for an early episode, but Neil has over 25 years in the hospitality industry. Uh, with a heavy focus on, well, he was a chef and not just any chef. He spent 10 years as Chef Patron at his own Michelin rated restaurants. Um, and what he decided to do after all these years working in hospitality, working in kitchens and, and, and running Michelin star kitchens, realized that there was a lot of things from an operational efficiency that wasn't quite right. So he jumped into restaurant tech to identify and develop solutions that address challenges faced in professional kitchens. And it's the same challenges that he faced and thus founded Food State Systems, which we'll get into. So Neil, say hello to Bear Nation for me. Uh, hello, Rob. Uh, hello, Bear Nation. Yeah, listen, uh, thanks for, for having me here. It's, it's, it's a pleasure and it's awesome. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, yeah, as I said, you know, I, yeah. I'll start if you want to, or just show <laughs> questions, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I really want to kind of talk about, I want to start with your story from the beginning. You know, you spent 25 yeah. years in the hospitality industry. What, what led you into that first part of your career as you were growing up? What led you into hospitality, especially as a chef? Like what was the inspiration behind wanting to be in the kitchen? It's, it's kind of a hard one because I can't really pinpoint one particular point where I said, that's what I want to do. I just, I just pretty sure I was sure from about eleven years old that, that that's like what I wanted to do. Yeah, I wanted wanted to be a chef. Um, my 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 family my aren't chefs. We don't come. We didn't come from hospitality. You know, my dad was a plumber. My mom was a hairdresser, stroke florist. Um, you know, all my brothers went into the the plumbing trade and stuff. So, yeah, I was I was kind of so there was definitely no no inspiration on that side of it. 
but I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, and and I just yeah, and at the point where I think at one stage I, you know, I was went to secondary school and and I was kind of getting bored with it, and I knew I didn't want to be there. Uh, and I was saying my dad, dad, I said, I I I don't want to be in school. I just want to go and go to a catering college, or go to a culinary college, and and do that, and and then I want to do this. But and he's like, no, no, stay at school, stay at school, and and, and do that. And he's like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't <laughs> want to do it. Let me out. Let me out. Um, eventually, well, he never actually gave in. He said, right, okay, let's go. We'll go to culinary school. We'll talk to them, see what we can do, and then go from there. Um, they go there and say, let's stay in school, and then decide what you want to do afterwards. <laughs> um, so at 16, that was me. School done. I'm going to culinary college. And, and that was it. You know, from, from 11 years old, that's, that's what I wanted to do. That's amazing. And so you grew up in Northern Ireland, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, coming from... You know, up in Northern Ireland and your background, like you said, your dad was uh, in the trade, you know, a tradesman and then the plumber and your mom, hairdresser, like, 11 years old, you knew this was like, did when you were growing up as a kid, were you like, I mean, I don't know, did you have like the little Debbie like bake shop? Like, was that something or is it just like, you just love food and something about watching people cook meals like, it's like, was exciting to you? I know there's like no like magic inspiration, yeah, but it was, like, it was just, I just, I think it was just the whole concept and the whole idea of food and, and the of cooking and, and, and kitchens I just I just love the idea of that I wanted to be part of that uh, I kind of knew that's where, where I where I fit it in and what I wanted to do uh, I said when I being on a farm a family that nobody knew how to cook my dad was actually pretty good um, and, and, you know my dad's breakfast and, and his Sunday <laughs> dinners were, were, were awesome uh, and, my, and my grandmother was fantastic as well in, in the bakery side of it so there, there was that part of it yeah um, but yeah, it was, it was just something that that I kind of knew from very hard. So this is this is just just this is just what I want to do. And I love that. Well, you know I me; mean? I'm kind of a romantic. Uh, we've known each other for a couple of years. Yeah. That you know, growing up in a, a Catholic Italian family, my family's meals weren't the same. But like all my friends, like had Sunday dinners, and like that was a big thing. And you see how a meal can bring people together, right? And and a meal is a bonding moment. So I'm not surprised that if you if you if you fell in love with that feeling of like those dinners and being around the family and in the presentation there's an art form to it. it it is a bit it can be a bit exciting um i was just telling you kind of pre-show our listeners my wife and i as we're recording this recently got back from a vacation in italy we're at this amazing little hotel owned by one of the companies that my wife does business with and we got to stay there and have um the chef on site like cook for us as a private chef and the experience of that, of like talking through the food, the presentation, why the pairings happened, it gives you a different appreciation for it as an art form. And I think a lot of us look at food, me included, growing up with four boys playing sports, like you had to eat fast because if you ate fast, you get more. Otherwise you couldn't, you could leave the table hungry versus <laughs> like that art form. And I saw that growing up. So I'm not surprised. I think that's, you know, it might be safe to say there's something subconscious about the experience, which I, you know, I think for me really kind of hit home of like the experience of a meal uh, when it's done right. So 16, you left secondary school, went to culinary college. You know, what was that like? Did you have an idea you wanted to cook and do this stuff? Did you know, I don't know, do chefs have special specialities? I know there's like sous chef and head chef. Like what is, 
Walk me through like where your brain is at as you went into culinary school. I mean, I I knew nothing going into culinary school, which which was <laughs> back now. It's like, gee, I really didn't know know nothing. Um, you know, because I didn't really have any experience of restaurants before I ended, for before I before I went into culinary college, and and again, like I grew up, you know, I've got three brothers. You know, we had to eat fast in our house. Uh, my brothers took great pleasure in, in, in making sure that the that one of the, that usually me said listen yeah let's just put him off food so he doesn't want to eat his food and then then we can have <laughs> you know that was kind of how I was grew up and then as I said you know dad was ended up being a, a good cook my mom was, was a terrible cook I uh, hope she well, she won't see a podcast so I'm okay there uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I mean working there is then just getting in the kitchens and Culinary college was good in a way that that you know I I you know I I got some grounding of what I needed to do, uh, but like most things, it's when you get into when you get into restaurants and get into kind of professional restaurants and out in the industry is where you kind of was where you definitely can find your feet and see actually you know is this for me or not? Because uh, I know a lot of guys who went to college with who went to culinary college with you know dropped out afterwards because they just went from culinary college into in the restaurants, actually went, yeah, I don't want to do this. Um, I went in the restaurants and goes, yeah, well, I want to do this more. You know, I just, yeah. I just want to do this. And I suppose like a lot of people, it's, it's, you know, meeting, you know, mentors, basically, you know, guys who are doing, you know, wonderful, amazing things that you haven't seen before who are pushing the boundaries and you going, that's what I want to do. Um, so the, the very first chef I worked under, and there was a, it was a tiny little restaurant above a bar in a really you know rural village in, in Northern Ireland, a beautiful village called Rostrever. Uh, and he actually he had just come back from New York um, when he when he and he opened up the small restaurant. Mm-hmm. I think he was the executive chef of Yankee Stadium when he left New York. Um, so he obviously went from that to whatever <laughs> this tiny we tiny little kitchen and restaurant in, in a rural village in Northern Ireland. Um, the kitchen was, I mean, there was, there was three of us in it and it was tight, three people in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and the food, it just opened my eyes to what, what, what food was and what it could be. And, and, you know, and, and, and I got the, 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 well, I suppose you always had the, the passion for it, but it just ignited it even further. Yeah. It's amazing. So you get this great experience and you need to see what food's like, what drove you, to want to become, you know, the Patron chef at your own Michelin kind of star restaurants. Like how did that come about or what was that journey like? I'm sure that's tough to do um, and get it, to and strive yeah. for in the, in the community. It, yeah, it is. You know, uh, obviously from there, you know, from, from working, it's kind of called Patrick K's, the tiny little restaurant. Um, I kind of went there, went, I actually did another year in, a, in the kind of higher kid in college in Belfast, the, the city in Northern Ireland. From there, I kind of say, okay, well, I'm just going to stay here. I remember one day, you know, I, I left, you know, I walked out of the Gator College, but I got to find myself a job. But I walked around and just, I made, I think a couple of days before, I made a, a list of the kind of, walked around, saw all the restaurants, said, I want to work, read the menus, went, I want to work there, I'll work there, I like to work there. Um, so the first one I, I went into, I said, yeah, I like this menu, I want to work here. I just knocked on the door, said, any jobs? I went, yeah, come on. <laughs> you know, so that was the, the, the my, my first kind of other, probably my second job in regards to working. And again, working for, for, for a great chef and and, uh, and that. So that started me and that would have been, you said, the sous chef, head chef bit, you know, from from there, I would have been like the, the comedy chef, the, the young guy just starting, not knowing too much. 
Uh, and from there, I kind of worked my way up through the different levels. So you go from Connolly Chef, who's the, the trainee, to the chef de party, means the, the, the chef of station. So you have your, your own and run your own station responsible for that. Up to you know the, the sous chef, the second chef, who has deputizes for the head chef and runs the kitchen. Then obviously the head chef who, who makes the decisions. So I worked from from there, from, from Connolly Chef up to second chef in that restaurant, um, which was a great experience. And again, you know, I was, I was 19 at the time. It was just, you know, just work work play work play so it was it was it was pretty intense um so that 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 was 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 the kind of the first job in there after that i went to i am taking a head i think i i left there and i took a second chef job at another restaurant i wasn't there too long and the head chef left uh i think i might i cooked them so he kind of got <laughs> a, bit, a bit uncomfortable um I did that for a few years, running this kind of really small French bistro in, in, in close in Belfast. Um, it's kind of at that stage I kind of realised I really needed to learn some more. Um, and one of the guys who I worked with in the previous restaurant had moved to one of the Mission Star restaurants in Belfast. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Listen, can can I can I?" He asked, "Just do you want to come and work here?" So I went back from being a head chef back down to chef the party <laughs> again in the Mission Star restaurant, and I had to kind of start again, work my way up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was. So I said again. I did a couple of years in the Mission Star place. Ended up going launching, helping a really gorge restaurant chain launch in in in, in Belfast in the, mm-hmm. in the first flagship restaurant. Ran that for two years. Got obviously good food guide. Got Mission rated in that. And then somewhere along the lines, I was sitting down talking to my now wife Sarah. I said, "Listen, I think we could do this on our own." Um, and then that's just where it started. You know, and that that's that's just it was just you know how do we do this on our own? That's amazing. I think there's a key lesson there that sometimes to get where you want to go, you have to take a step back to go another yeah. step forward. And I think a lot of people, especially in today's age, it's really easy. It's like you got to keep going step by step, and then we have to realize that career paths are not always linear, and it's okay to take a step back to take a step forward. Especially if that what that means to 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 get into a Michelin star rated, yeah, you know, kitchen, yeah. And so I think that's really cool and a really big lesson. And so, you know, you're doing all this and and you kind of been doing this for you know, years, a couple yeah. decades worth, right? And and then there was kind of a moment where you decided to say, "I'm done with leading a kitchen, and I wanted to start a company." What was that like? What were the, some of the things that started happening in your life that made you want to leave the kitchen as a chef and start a business? Um, yeah, it's it's kind of so. Again, we I kind of sat with 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 with, with um, you know I, I sat with, with Sarah and we decided this and this is what we're going to do. Um, you know, we we had saved a bit of money to do that. Um, I, I think it was just yeah we, we can do this you know I think there's there's a lot that I want to do and, and a lot that I want to do it I want to do it my way um, is one um, so this is kind of my my thing everything has to be done your way and it goes well it's usually the best way so uh, <laughs> um, and and then it was just say like, okay well, what do we want to do and and how how we are how are we going to do it um, I think it is just to have that obviously hospitality is is you know it's, it's it's hospitable, you know. It's it's making experience. It's, mm-hmm. it's the food, it's the service, and it's everything. And everything you touch in hospitality is is you. You know, every plate that leaves is a is a 
is a you know a, a representation of what you what you do and what you are and how good you are and and, and that should extend to everything everything out there. Um, so we just yeah we just decided on that point it was trying to find obviously try to get get some money together to, to finish it off, uh, find the premises where we could open a restaurant, um, and I think that was I think within about let's see I think I opened our first restaurant I think it was just signed the lease. Um, I think six was it, but yeah, but no, was it? It was two weeks before my thirtieth birthday, so we, we we signed we signed the lease to the to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Well, four weeks before the the, the 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 four weeks before my birthday, we signed the lease to to the restaurant. So yeah, that was that before my thirtieth birthday. I was actually and um, we got the the the, the keys, um, you know, about a week after my father died, which was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was so was that's all we so when we opened. So the first restaurant we opened was called Copper. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it kind of came from from that came from from my father's uh, background as as a plumber and the copper. So that went on to the to the restaurant. Um, and yeah, that was that was that was a hard and emotional time, but it was you know fantastic to get it open. Uh, but it had that also that you know that, that that part of it were. Yeah, that's amazing. So you open your own restaurant. And and you're kind of doing things your way, and yeah. you know you, you you run a restaurant for a number of years. When you started running it from top to bottom, I'm sure it was a little bit different than just being a chef or the head chef. What were some of the things that started to challenge you that like turned into not just running your own kitchen, but what eventually becomes food safe systems? Was there some yeah. things that's in the restaurant business that you're running that you're starting to be like, why am I doing this this way? And where was that? as you were running your own restaurants to where we are today, what started to happen that opened your eyes to creating an operating system for kitchens as a way to help support what you were doing and learning as running your own business? Yeah. As I say, you know, going from running the kitchen to running the whole business is, is a huge step because all of a sudden when you go to the kitchen, it's, it's relatively easy. You got to be there. You got to cook. Obviously you got to make sure you're making money. And, and kind of something I was always good at was making sure that we, you know, we can make good food and we can make money on it. Um, mm-hmm. We can control, basically control the costs. You then had to go the other side and obviously, you know, manage and train staff as well. We then had to go do that as a whole business, uh, manage and train, um, obviously, floor staff. And then the other side of the business was a bit that everybody hates in all business. You know, it's the admin side, it's the keeping yep. the account side, it's the keeping up the regulations, doing all this is like, well, I, I didn't do this to spend two days a week in an office. Yeah. Um, um, but that's what they ended up having to do. And then along the along the way, you know, I, I kind of like the, the started getting technology. It started off with just the you know the iPad based POS systems. Um, so we opened. So after Copper closed, we closed it after about ten about eight eight, eight years. I think we closed. Mm-hmm. Um, then we opened up a French bistro type, and at that stage we were getting into the. I, I was getting into technology side, and I said the iPad based systems and that. And but all the time throughout the the restaurant, there was always that admin side of of chef and that that, that I hated. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I had this conversation with with a with a hotel owner yesterday about having the same issues with the chefs. Uh, I say, you know, because chefs are terrible at paperwork. I say, yeah. well, no, nobody has a chef to do paperwork. Uh, it's not, it's never your, sorry. No. It's not the first thing you're looking for. Um, it's usually the last thing you get. Um, 
and and that kind of so whenever I had the restaurants or the certainly the sugar supper club, the little French bistros, I was like, well, I need something to help me do the do do this and 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 and, and the restaurant, particularly around the food safety side. Uh, how do we get rid of that admin side? How do we make that more efficient so I can just stop worrying about it and go mm-hmm. and work with things and make us money? And that started say start off with iPads, POS systems, and then ended up just going further and further and down the technology wormhole. Yeah. Do you still own the restaurant? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no I, I had the so I said so copper. We had it for about eight years. Um, I think we closed it. I kind of swore I'd never do an our restaurant again. Um, went to work for all the people. I think within eighteen months, I opened another restaurant. Uh, <laughs> and then opened another one and uh, apart from that um, but at that stage you know when we had those so they were called Sugar Supper Club mm-hmm. um, and I like and, and the, well there's a story behind those as well and then but from there I kind of this, this tech side is more interesting and I suppose and I, I could spend less time I don't have to work every weekend for crazy hours to do this uh, I can actually have some uh, do what I want to do, but also be able to spend more time with family as well. Yeah. So, when was Food Safe Systems born? Like, when did um, when did you start creating FSS and and putting this in motion? So we opened the supper clubs in two thousand, the end of two thousand thirteen, started two thousand fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that stage, I was kind of I, I began to look at. Um, obviously, we've done technology side. We've done the iPad POS systems, and I and, I, and actually, I started. I actually spun off a small business, um, setting up and 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 reselling iPad based systems as well. So we, I, I was already going through that side of sales in, in regards to the business. Um, and then I sat down. I sat down and goes, okay, how, how do we do this? So I obviously went looking what else was out there, systems that they were looking out there, and I kind of realized they were pretty terrible and they were really really expensive mm-hmm. um, I knew as a restaurant owner I knew what my profit margins were like uh, I knew that I could never afford them yeah so I like, well no why why not you know surely technology and I has got the point where we can't afford it um, so that's that was our end how do we build the system make sure it was usable and yeah. make sure it was affordable so that was around 2016 around that stage um, we applied for you know a little bit of grant funding which got the first prototype built off of it, um, which was terrible, um, but was enough to get us a bit of angel funding then to build the next version. I love that. And so with with food safe systems, so I mean food safe systems for those listening in as we get into like what meals doing today, it is it's a combination of things to help, you know, there's an app, there's sensors, the probes, and then you have the cloud access. But basically and it helps manage your kitchen from paperwork to monitoring freezer levels to make sure that food doesn't go bad or things don't happen where you have a loss of food because, as you just mentioned, that profit margin is yeah. not really that big. Yeah. So protecting you know your asset, which is food, which is perishable. So yeah. if you order too much or not enough, you're, you're losing out on margins because you're either throwing stuff away or you're not selling it. Yeah. So as you've kind of built this and you built the original prototype and now scaling, you know, what are you looking to accomplish with food safe systems? Um, again, I think the, the core idea at, at the very beginning was to make sure we have a, a usable 
an affordable product that allows restaurants to operate more efficiently. And it's still very much a very core of what we do is, you know, how do we help restaurants? How do we, you know, I think I say, you know, first of all, people have to ask me, said, you know, I want to open a restaurant. I said, just, just don't do it. You know, it's, <laughs> you know it's, it's, yeah. but if you are going to do it, you know, good luck to you and you really do deserve, you know, to, to, to succeed and we want to help you succeed. Um, and 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 that's the very core of what of everything that we do, you know. As I said, you know, without getting too boring in regards to the food safe system, what it does, you know, it basically, it, you know, you have to ensure that the food you serve, the food food you buy right through to serve it is 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 safe, you know, and 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 suitable to eat. Um, the only way to prove that is to document a lot of checks, um, which obviously takes up time for the chef and that. So we we digitize all that um, through the app on one side. And then we have little sensors that we're caught with monitor fridges and freezers and for, for food safety reasons and, and for protect, protect, protect loss reasons. Um, and I know that happened to me in my restaurant. So again, that was a, was a big thing. And it was automating those processes as well for chefs so they'd be cut free them up. Um, but yeah, in regards to the food safety system, you know, I, I definitely see that's, that's our core is to make sure that we can help restaurants become successful. Um, yeah. by allowing them to focus on what's important. And, and I'm not saying food safety isn't important. Of course it is, but it's not the reason to open the restaurant. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think it's really, it's really important because when you think about all the things that, as you mentioned, that a, a running either a, running your own restaurant or even being a chef, yeah. spending two days of your time in an office doing paperwork pulls you away from the creativity or the experience of creating the food. And so that's what I think is really cool about food safe systems. And it's exciting. And, and it's it's interesting to see how you've used your entrepreneurial experience of running your own and starting your own restaurants to starting your own business. What has been one of the key, I guess, you learn that entrepreneurial background by running your own restaurant. But what's been one of those key differences from running restaurants to the now running a you know, a technology company, a tech what's company, that yeah, transition exactly. been like? Yeah. <laughs> so as I say, you know, when, when people come to me and say, you know, I want to open a restaurant, say, well, unless you're a chef or, or, or at least a very much experienced front of house guy, you know, just don't do it, you know, because you're just walking into a world you don't understand. And then I went and did it in a tech business. Um, so I kind of started a tech business and I, I not the tech guy. Um, very much not, and it was, and, and it has hurt us over the years that we didn't have that um, at, the, at the beginning. We thought we could outsource it, um, that that didn't work um, on on a few few times. Um, so that that was the hardest bit. Yeah, no, that was definitely the hardest bit yeah. in regards to what food safe system is. Is just you know, your tech is obviously a part of is is the main part of it, and it's got to be right, and and. You know, no matter what, contractors just don't care. You know, yeah. they, they honestly don't care. Um, they just want to make sure that they get paid, you know, mm-hmm. regularly. And, and 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 so, you know, again, you know, it's it's, it's the other bit of advice, you know, if people come and say, well, I want to do something, say, just spend your time, get somebody to do the tech side. Spend yeah. whatever money you have, just do, do it on that. The rest will come with it. Um, mm-hmm. That's just the most important. So, yeah. I didn't take my own advice was, was, yeah. was, the, was, the, was the core of that. Yeah. And, and that's a big lesson. I think many times, you know, I ran for over years in outsourced sales of service. And I think yeah. outsourcing sales is a very great thing to do if you're looking to expand in new markets and test some things out. But you have to be, when you outsource, I think it's a great model and it can be done well. 
but you have to be very diligent at how you are outsourcing, what you're outsourcing, why you're outsourcing, when, who you get involved, because at the end of the day, no one's going to be able to do it quite like you. And yeah. also there's the nuances of things that you know in your head as you're building a product that yeah. you see as things get going that you don't doesn't always get seen in an outsource model. So I think it's really important to figure out when and where and how to outsource what you do. And sometimes your core product is not always the best outsource. You need to kind of build it from the inside out. Yeah. That's a great lesson to learn. You know, I'm excited to see where food safe systems goes uh, as we hit 2022, you know, we're recording this at end of Q1. And I know you started, you know, really started the business right as the pandemic hit and that kind of threw off a lot of things. So how has food safe systems kind of weathered the storm during the pandemic to what it's doing today? And, and, and how did you kind of keep chugging along when your clients were closing down because they weren't sure what's next and you have this new tech product for the market? What was that experience like and how did you kind of plug along through it to where you are today? Yeah, yeah. The, the pandemic. So, so in regard, after a few false starts in, in regards to the product, um, so we, we released a uh, food safe system, kind of as it is now, as it a few updates, but st- essentially as it is now um, in, in the, end, the beginning of 2020, um, basically just in time for, for COVID to kick in. Um, so we were just, you know, we had the plans out, we had our customers, and we had our first customers on board. Uh, we were getting ready to scale. Uh, I think at that stage, we were also just, we were just engaged, started with Starter and stuff. And so it was, it was like, yeah, this, this is, this is really gonna, um, and then I think just literally just turned off the lights. Uh, I think I can even, even saw the website traffic where it literally just hits a brick wall on, on the 16th of March, mm-hmm. uh, and stops. And we're like, well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's going to be interesting. Um, and that's the customers we had, you know, to say, listen, you know, we don't, we're closing. We don't know how long we're closed for. We have no money coming in. We can't, we can't afford to pay you, even though it's yeah. not that much. You know, we got to, we got to cut out, cut out everything. So all of a sudden we are, we dropped to zero uh, income. I was like, okay, now we're, and, and my background, I suppose, in, in regards to what food safe system is and what we do is that, even though it does apply to every food business, be it the corner shop, you know, selling the sandwich right through to, you know, multinational hotel groups. Um, we've always really focused on, on the restaurant side because of my background. Um, but we always wanted to, you know, we have, it is applicable to like food service and food production and food manufacturing. So, so during COVID, we had to go, okay, well, you know, we're going to have to move from hospitality to the food manufacturing and food production. So that's, that's what we did. Uh, we did, you know, a few updates to make it more, the more usable in those industries and then kind of built from there. Yeah. And then thankfully as hospitality came back, you know, we could see it when there was kind of these announcements say, oh, you know, it's coming back at the end of the month. We could see the, the traffic, website traffic going up, the inquiries going up and then the sales just came along with it. Love that. I mean, I think that's really important too is, It'd been really easy to kind of just kind of like, well, shit, let's shut her up. Instead, it's like, how do we adapt the product for other industries that are still operating? And how do we leverage that into a big, a bigger product and service offering that's supportive of the whole market? And it's really impressive. And, and, and you know, I've, for those listening, I'm the entrepreneur in residence for Food Systems. I've been advising and working with Neil for the last two years on some of these strategies. And it's been really amazing to see the, you know, the grit that you have to have as an entrepreneur, shit's not going to go your way. It's not right. easy. And you you have to have the fortitude to kind of push through and figure out how do we adapt and overcome. And that's something that I think 
food safe system has done and I'm excited to see where it grows in going forward. And now you're, you know, you're operating out of, you know, Northern Ireland, UK, uh, Austria, part, you know, parts of Europe, uh, doing some tests in Mexico, uh, starting to test in the U S market. So it's, it's amazing to see what could happen if you just put your head down, focus and adapt and overcome. And I think it's a, such an amazing, uh, thing that has happened. Man, you know, Neil, I, I have a million and a half other questions, but I know we've got, we're getting short on time. So I kind of yeah. want to transition to, you know, what's, you know, the kind of, and I always like to ask a few questions uh, of my guests. And and I think that last point of overcoming, adapting um, kind of leads great into this question. You know, for those out there listening, whether it's Gen Z, millennial, you know, boomer that's looking to start a business, be an entrepreneur, what advice would you give them? What would you tell them? If someone said, hey, I want to start a business. What would you tell them? Um, just start one. It doesn't matter what it is, you know, um, be it, you know, start a YouTube channel, you know, start something on Reddit, um, you know, think of the problem that you have, uh, because at the end of the day, food safe system came about from a problem that I faced in my kitchens and my restaurants. Uh, and that's kind of where, where we built it from, you know, and no matter, you know, just build something that solves a problem for you. Um, mm-hmm. and, and no matter what, no matter how big or how small you think that problem is, uh, and then go and see if, if somebody else wants to buy it, you know, and if they don't, that's okay. You know, we'll come up with something else. We'll come up with another problem, but definitely go, you know, find a passion, find a problem, you know, start a business, find a solution. And it probably won't work. You know, it'll, it'll probably fail, you know, first time, maybe even the second time, maybe even the third time, but you'll learn more in those failures than you'll ever learn, you know, by sitting, listen to it, just sitting listen to, you know, a classroom or listen, or listen to a lecture, yeah. you know, doing things is, is definitely, you know, um, yeah, that's, that's what I advise. Just, just do stuff. I uh, love it. I think, know, I think it's really important. Understand that you're going to probably fail at some point. Like yeah. starting a business is fucking hard and it's not going to be perfect. And if you try to wait for things to be perfect, it's never going to work. You yeah. have to go out there. You have to take it to market. You have to test it out. You need to look for opposition and validation. Right. Because there's opposition, then, you know, people have questions about it, which shows interest. And then that you can validate against that. And I love that, you you know, fail and learn from those failures because, you know, as you kind of explained, food safe systems wouldn't be where it is today, operating at a starting, you know, to grow profits if yeah. you hadn't had. And maybe you would have, but having the pandemic and adapting it to different markets, a bigger market has actually allowed you to scale at a different, at a different speed, I think now than we thought possible. And that's something that every entrepreneur needs to understand is that you got to try. You're going to probably fail, learn from it and, yeah. and, and grow from it. Yeah. I just on the, like we said, we opened our first restaurant, it was copper. We had it for eight years. Um, and probably as a, as a reputation, it, it, it succeeded as, as making money, it failed miserably. Yeah. Um, so we loved it. We walked away with, with a huge debt. That's why I said I'm never doing it again. But then we opened the supper clubs. I said we spent a lot of money on opening copper, and that's where we put a lot of money in. We opened up the sugar supper club. Literally spent no money. We we begged, borrowed, and stole everything that we could just to get it open. And it it was one of those places that there were queues out the door, you know, on on a Tuesday night. And I was, and again, it was just kind of using that. That didn't work. We spent on this. So let's not do that again. Let's do it different this time. And then, so yeah, I mean, failure is, you, you always learn more from your failures and, and you probably just do successes. I love that. I was asking this question. What do you think your superpower is? Uh, oh, that's easy. I'm, I'm, I'm Irish. 
uh, <laughs> you know, that's that's all we need. You know, we can we can we can usually talk away out of in and out of problems, um, drink away in in and out of problems, and and yeah, that's it's it's always. <laughs> I, lo- <laughs> I love it. And uh, final question: What's a lasting message that uh, you want listeners to take away? You know, from your journey and what you've been able to build. Um, I suppose what I kind of, um, you know, do, do, do makes you happy because honestly, outside of your friends and, and friends and family, nobody else cares. Nobody really gives a fuck about what, what you do and what you, and what you're doing. They'll tell you that they'll go, oh yeah, we'll, we'll do this and we'll help you. And, and some will, you know, don't be, don't get me wrong. There are people there who are willing to help. All people out there say they'll help, uh, and you'll never see them again. Yeah. Uh, but don't worry about it. Doesn't matter. It, it'll make no difference to whether or not you, it shouldn't and won't make any difference to whether you succeed or fail. Whether these people help you, it's whether or not it's what you do as it matters. So yeah, just focus on what you do. Um, yeah, and 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 do and do what you want to do. I love it. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's really easy to get overwhelmed and look at social media and be like, oh, everyone's doing. They're more successful than me. They're building fast. I'm know that that's not true, right? Yeah. You got to go at your own speed. You got to go at your own pace. You got to learn at your own lessons by starting a side hustle or jumping in and starting your own business. You can't rely on anybody but yourself. And yeah, there'll it. be people in your life and there'll be people that will come on board and help take you to the next level and help be your ride or die. But those are far and few in between that if you want to get something done, you got to put your time, energy, and effort to do it yourself, to do it right. And you got to keep doing it over and over again and yeah. know that things aren't going to go as planned. So I love that lasting message i think that's such a great takeaway and and it's something that you've shown that you can do right you're starting businesses and starting restaurants and run for eight years for a restaurant that's like forever to, to run for eight years that's a great experience and you know the fact that that was even seen as a failure to the next thing that turned into a huge success that leveraged into what you're doing today is it shows that put your head down put in the work and and chase your passion and your dream and only you can really, really drive that. So I love that. Uh, how can how can listeners find you? Where can they uh, get in touch with you, Neil? Uh, yeah, I, I'm always on LinkedIn. It's probably the best place to get me. Uh, we Twitter occasionally, usually on LinkedIn. Um, never really on Facebook. <laughs> um, and but you know, our website's out there, foodsafesystem.com. I think it's got direct access to me at all stages. So yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure to put your LinkedIn, your Twitter handle, Twitter handle, and the website. So if you want to get in touch, you know, I can tell you firsthand, Neil's always, always available to help. If you're an entrepreneur and you have a question, want to pick his brain, feel free to reach out. Especially if you're a chef as well, uh, yeah. chef for restaurants. <laughs> Neil's been yeah, there. Yeah, that. If you want some advice in restaurants, I am always happy to help. You know, I. I People awesome. come to me and I'm about food. It goes, yes, and I'm, I am happy to help. And in any way, um, no matter what it is, it definitely it's something because I want people to succeed. I love um, it. And, and, yeah. I love it. And that's what we're here about Bear Nation, right? We want to see um, amazing entrepreneurs share their stories, share their journey, share their challenges, overcome and succeed. So that's what Bear Nation is all about. So Bear Nation, go show Neil some love. Neil, thank you so much for being a part of Bear Nation today. I really appreciate having you on the show. Thank you so much. No, thank you. It was a pleasure, as always. All right, Bear Nation. Until next episode, stay well and rise up. Bear Nation, once again, thank you for tuning in and listening to the Bear Necessities podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Leave us a review. It really does help and means a lot to us at the show. And I want to thank our friends over at Finn. 
LinkedIn is a social good platform that creates employee engagement and builds culture. It's our mission to support and give back to the communities that we serve around the world. And we do this by giving every guest on our show a $10 donation to the cause of their choosing using the Finn platform. Until next time, thank y'all, stay well, and rise up. If you hadn't already heard about it, or you don't already know, my new book, The Social Soul, How to Master Your Personal and Professional Brand with Intentionality and Authenticity is out now. You can find it on Barnes & Noble or Amazon. Go check it out. Purchase a copy. Let me know what you think. Leave me a review. I appreciate y'all for the support. Can't wait to hear from you what stood out the most.